This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and we are live from the baseball winter meetings in lovely San Diego, California. So it is Monday night and I'm recording this and it should go out on Tuesday morning. And yesterday I had the great privilege to meet Scott Minto from San Diego State University. We went out to a bar, we had a beer. He was our first uh, sponsor uh, from San Diego State Sports MBA program. Uh, we had a great time. Got to introduce. We had the you know a, a good time finally meeting each other, and uh, it was awesome. So Scott had a blast meeting you. Thank you so much uh, for meeting me up for a beer. Had a, had a great time. Great time. And um, San Diego is gorgeous. I also want to say that uh, I'm a big golfer, and uh, I got to play Torrey Pines while I was out here. It's the place where they're going to have the U.S. Open in 2021, and they had previous U.S. Opens. It was un. Believable. Uh, check out my personal Instagram story. Uh, it was great. It was great. Um, so today, uh, we are, like I said, we are live from the baseball winter meetings, and uh, our first guest is a uh, is the director of baseball operations for the New York Yankees, and his name is Matt Ferry. Matt's awesome. Uh, I got to know Matt um, when I was with the Yankees, and found we, he went to Springfield College, so we had to get together, and he had to do the uh, uh, podcast together, and uh, it was great. And he works directly for Brian Cashman, the uh, GM, and I, if you haven't listened to the Cashman story, go back to episode one, and uh, you can hear the Cashman story about how we got connected uh, and how Cashman introduced me to my wife. Um, and you know, Matt's doing the director of baseball operations job, which uh, every single job seeker out there, I think wants to have his gig. And he talks about how he worked for the Tampa Bay Rays as a corporate partnership intern, and then went to Florida state league games at night, uh, to learn how to scout players. He literally sat down next to scouts in his very kind of humble manner in which he does and learned and then started writing scouting reports, um, on his own and then try to get him critiqued uh it was uh, this was a great interview and you can hear that we were literally on the job fair floor uh that's kind of what you hear in the background but uh matt gives uh great advice about getting started in baseball operations and uh you know what he did to get going he's just such a humble professional individual i really enjoyed the conversation it was great to catch back up with him and uh it was it was really enjoyable so um I hope you enjoy the interview, and um, but before we get to that, uh, open up that uh, your Twitter app, open up Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, hit like on front office features, search front office features, then hit the like, and then while you're at it, give this front office features podcast a five-star review. Helps a ton, and very, very much appreciated. So do that, then 
uh, finish on this podcast. And without further ado, here is Matt Ferry, Director of Baseball Operations for the New York Yankees. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and we are live-ish from the uh, baseball winter meetings here in lovely San Diego. And I was able to run into my good friend uh, Matt Ferry from the uh, New York Yankees Baseball Director of Baseball Operations. Matt, how are you, my friend? I am great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, So Matt and I, uh, Springfield College guy, so I had to... Uh, you know, we, we connected back when? When uh, I was with the Yankees? You were with the Yankees. We were with the uh, Scranton Rail Riders. Yeah, were you what, Were you a video guy then, or were you just kind of getting started? Remind me. I, w- I was the video coordinator in player development, so I, I got to go around to all of our, our minor league affiliates and make sure that our equipment, our technology, our players were getting everything they needed, you know, getting video cut up, their at-bats, our coaches were getting all the tools they needed to, to help evaluate and teach our players, and you know, stumble on you, and, and, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm one to be stumbled on. And and that was almost uh, now a decade ago. So you're making me feel old, buddy. You're <laughs> making me feel old. Oh, well, you look young. No, shut up. <laughs> the, uh, the gray hair is not helping me, but uh, <laughs> uh, so this is great. So one of the things we get all the time, and I was probably uh, we're here at the we're literally in the middle of job fair. Uh, here in San Diego, there's hundreds of kids looking hundreds for a job. Hundreds and thousands of job seekers. Hundreds. It feels like hundreds of thousands. You got hammered. You were. You did a little panel yesterday, right? I did a panel with uh, the the Mets farm director and our and and the amateur scouting director for the Angels, and basically talking to a lot of the job seekers, looking to figure out how to break into baseball. And I was one of those job seekers not too long ago. Um, did so you come to the winter meetings? I came to the winter meetings. I came yeah. to the winter winter meetings and interviewed with about twelve or fourteen teams and try to show you know how I can provide value or worth to an organization and uh, the Yankees kind of took a flyer on me and uh, I, I haven't looked back since you haven't screwed it up yet not yet no you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great um, so one of the things uh, that I saw about your background was you were a corporate sales uh, intern for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays correct what, did you do that in college after college Last semester in college, so uh, at Springfield, um, my last semester was actually off-site. I could do a 12-credit internship and knew I wanted to work in baseball and had built you know, my resume to that point doing different experiences in minor league hockey, minor league basketball, uh, action sports, all these different places. But I knew you know, when I wanted to graduate, I wanted to work in baseball. So I had done all these other experiences to try to secure a, a baseball internship um, by the time I graduated. Uh, and I ended up going with the Rays, and it was uh, corporate sponsorship is what they what they called it. And I was down in in St. Petersburg, Florida, for uh, the better part of a of a calendar year. Uh, flew back up to graduate, 72 hours, right back down to to do the rest of the internship. And uh, I enjoyed every every minute of, of working for the Rays. It was a great experience. Did you know? When you took that internship, did you like, I want to go do corporate partnership sales or I wanted to go be a uh, player development guy or did you have no earthly idea what you were doing? 
I knew I always wanted to work in baseball, and I would have loved to always, you know, work in the, the baseball operations side or in some capacity in that form, but I, I knew it was very, very difficult to, to break into. So, you know, I, I wasn't very picky. Uh, I just wanted any experience that I could, and I, I got in with the Rays and, and sponsorship. So uh, it was a great first experience. I got to, you know, rub elbows with a lot of different folks in that organization that, that are still there or are running organizations uh, with other teams. And um, it was a great experience. I learned a, a ton in my 12 months. Um, did the job really well and, and, you know, kind of maintained, you know, hey, this is the responsibilities I have. But at the end of the day, like, I, I also was honest with them towards the end of the experience that, hey, I want to try to get into the baseball side. Uh, I want to go to the winter meetings. I want to interview with teams. Is this okay? And, and they gave me the green light and were willing to uh, to do that type of stuff for me. And, and I appreciated it uh, so, so much. So with when you were with Tampa, were you going to Florida State League games as well? Like... What? Yeah. So, so I, you know, I would I would intern with the Rays, and um, you know, I would I would do my kind of nine to five or work games. But um, when, when the team was on the road, um, you know, what's the, the nice thing about Florida is is that it's sunny and, and warm all year round. There's yeah, right. baseball all around. So, you know, the Florida State League, um, high A ball in, in the minor leagues. There, there's a lot of teams within driving distance. Um, the Tampa Yankees now, Tampa Tarpons are, are there. Clearwater, Bradenton. Uh, Lakeland, they were, they were all within driving distance. So what, what I could do, you know, I'd finish work at 5 o'clock and I, I would drive to a 7 o'clock na- uh, game and, you know, buy a ticket in, in the stands and sit in the scout section and just, really? try to, just try to learn. Yeah. yeah. So how did you learn, right? So you take, walk me through the process, right? Like I'm thinking like, all right, here's this college kid going down into the scout section. Did you just like go to the guy with the radar gun and say, hi, I'm Matt? Uh, I was I was a little bit more low key than that. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I didn't want to bother anyone because I knew um, scouts were, were doing a job. They're paid to do a job as well. So I would just sit and listen. You know, I, I would watch games and I would I would start to figure out what the difference between a, a 50 arm is or a 60 arm. What you know, does that that shortstop have plus range or or you know, does he not get the balls up the middle? Uh, and, and if you watch enough games, you start to figure out the differences and you, you start to see, wow, that that's different. That that's that, that plays a little bit differently. So it was a little bit of self-education. When a scout would talk to me, I would politely talk back to him and, you know, and, and try to learn. And, and if he, they gave me a couple minutes of their time, I, it helped. It helped. But at the same time, you know, when I was with the Rays, you know, I did, you know, rub elbows or bump into guys in the baseball ops section. Um, some of those guys like Heim Bloom and Eric Neander. Yeah, right. Who were, um, Bloom, no, Red you Sox, know, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and those guys, um, you know, were in the operation but weren't as, as high up then as they are now. But they would give me five minutes of their time, you know. Uh, I would do it professionally and things like that. But um, they gave me guidance and, you know, I, I would try to write my own scouting reports. And I got feedback from from, really? from uh, Dan Feinstein, who works with the A's now. But he was really helpful to me in, in terms of trying to write scouting reports and, and being helpful to kind of start my career. So how did you – so Dan was with the Rays? Dan was with the Rays, so yeah. Then you so you would go to this Florida State League game, yeah. write up a scouting report, and then say like, "Hey Dan, what do you think?" Yeah, eventually, you know, eventually. you know, when I would uh, when I would bump into Dan, it was on rare occasion. But I said, you know, "Hey, I, I've been writing my own scouting reports, and I've got you know 15 or 20 of them. Do you mind taking a look? I know you're busy." Um, he said, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And I uh, gave him to him one day, and about a month later, he had some some edits and some thoughts, and it was really helpful. It was really simple stuff that I was like, "Wow, this is this is incredible." Really, um, you know, just making sure my tool grades match my comments, things like that. But, you know, I 
I didn't know what I was writing was, was any good or anything like that, but I was just trying to learn, you know, and, and that's what a lot of this game is, baseball is, you know, trying to um, learn and grow and, and develop, but a lot of that is, is doing it on your own time. It's, it's very difficult to break into this industry, um, but no one's going to hand you anything uh, by any means. So, you know, I, I knew that I didn't have a traditional background. I didn't, I didn't play uh, outside of a year at Springfield. And uh, so I knew I, I needed to learn some other avenues to try to break into the industry that I was hoping to work in for the rest of my life. Um, it worked out for me, you know, uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of late you hours. You made it work out for you. You made it work sure. out for you, yeah. right? I mean, talk about the, we talk a lot about effort and attitude on the podcast and uh, there's two things in life you control, right? Effort and attitudes. Uh, right. How hard you work and do you do it with a smile on your face? Yeah. And I think that you going to these games and then kind of subtly introducing you uh, introducing to those scouts is unbelievable. I mean, that's amazing. Not everyone's willing to do that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a combination of that, but also you got to have a really good work ethic. You know, right. this is um, this game's not for the faint of heart. Like it's you, you got to put in the time and the effort, um, and and that's what's really important because lots on the line. You know, um, this is a you know billion dollar industry with you know organizations that are, are wanting to win each and every year so um, you, you have to provide content you got to provide value to an organization in any way that you can and, and starting at the lowest level was how I tried to do that so you went from corporate partnerships to you know scouting on the side with the that, I yeah. love that story I love it and then the Yankees took a flyer and you at the baseball winter meetings and um, you uh, were able to get a video internship what is a video internship? Like, what did you do? So, uh, video internship, uh, I was basically based in uh, our player development complex in Tampa, Florida. So, went from St. Petersburg over to Tampa, right across the bridge, and I was basically based at the complex every day. And um, what a video intern does in player development is basically film all of our games, all of our rehabs, you know, breaking down and cutting down video into individual clips so that, you know, if a pitcher want to come in and see their, you know, five innings, they can see it really easily digestible. They don't have to go through the long edit or the long video. Yeah, right. It's just clip by clip, and um, they want to see different angles, things like that. Um, one of the best experiences that I've, I've still ever had to this day in terms of baseball because, you know, you're, you're sitting in there and, and breaking down and cutting a, a bunch of videos so, you know, players, coaches, staff can look to see what our top prospects are doing, if they're getting better, if they're improving. Uh, I got to sit in the video room a lot and be a fly on the wall, just learn how... Um, you know, coaches interacted with players and how they taught and how they educated. A lot of our coaches down there at the time, you know, um, now are some some of those guys are on our major league staff. Uh, Carlos Mendoza, when I was down there, was um, you know our Charleston manager, and then he became the infield coordinator. Yeah. Uh, I, I met him back in 2012, and, and now he's our, our major league bench coach. Um, and so, just to hear guys like him talk uh, and teach. Uh, was incredible. I could just be that fly on the wall and, and continue to, to gain that knowledge. But at, at the same time, what was also really nice about our, our Tampa setup is our complex is uh, in one area, and then across the street is, is our Florida State League team. So I would finish, you know, late afternoon, and if the uh, Tampa Yankees, now Tampa Tarpons, were, were playing at night, I could go over and, and watch those games too. So I was double dipping a little bit, but it was it was a really really good education for me to to learn more right. about players and figure out who was good and, and who wasn't and why. Um, and, you know, and I could, I, I had some more resources to talk to those coaches, to those coordinators, and say, hey, I saw this last night. What do, what do you think about this? And, and it allowed me to just to kind of continue to get that 
you know, education, that baseball 101. But um, being the fly on the wall is a huge thing, right? Is like, uh, I think you took the right approaches. You don't have to go and show like, look at everything that I know. No, no, no. Just you need to be self-absorbent of being able to take in the information and watching the interactions of the coaches and the players. Uh, do you, would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. You know, you know, I always try to take something from a very professional approach. Like you're there to do a job. You know, you need to make sure you do that job uh, with, with full conviction, 100%. You don't have to worry about where, you know, what you're doing in five years or 10 years. Like, remember that, that there is a job and a task at hand. And if there's, you know, additional responsibilities or things that you can do in off hours, you can do those things. But remember that you need to do your job to. Your, your greatest capacity, your fullest ability, because that's what's most important. If you're not providing value to the company that you're working for, then the rest doesn't matter. Right. I thoroughly agree. Uh, I thoroughly agree with that. So when you're in those uh, in those rooms, not to talk about, like, uh, specifics about, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, like, what do you think good coaches do that's different than kind of an average coach, right? You talked about Carlos Mendoza. What does Carlos do? How does he communicate to the players to make them better, to uh, ascend from, sure. you know, Charleston uh, manager to infield coordinator, and now he's a major league guy. How do those, what do you, what do you see there that's, uh, that, that makes those kind of people different? I think really good coaches are adaptable and relatable. Um, knowing who your audience is or who, who, who the player is you're talking to, yeah. they, they might learn in different ways. And, and knowing that audience, we have kids that are 16 years old from the Dominican Republic. We have 18-year-old high school kids. We have 21-year-old college guys that just got their degree. You know, those guys um, all might learn in different ways. One might be a visual learner. One might be a learner that just looks at numbers. One might be, a, you know, reads and, and, and uh, understands kind of more of written. Um, and the good coaches adapt to what learning styles that the players have um, and then trying to relate to how, how things should resonate with them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you can't connect with players, you can't help them get better if they don't understand what, what you're trying to say. Like, that's what good coaching comes down to is, is being able to provide the information that that player needs to get better. But being able to connect with that player uh, at the highest level is, is what's most, most important. In your current role now is the uh, director of baseball operations for the New York Yankees. Well, first off, does that ever just like, I'm the director of baseball operations for the New York Yankees, does that ever like... Do you ever take a moment and be like, this is pretty freaking cool? Um, on a rare occasion, but but yeah. I, I do try to. Um, baseball is is a busy sport. You it's know, a grind. We, we have a very long season, and I would say the off season is just as busy now, um, just given free agency, trades, or the baseball winter meetings. Right. Um, and then once you turn over the new year, it's prepping for spring training, arbitration ar arbitration season. So there's a lot that goes on in the baseball calendar that uh, makes it you know difficult to take a, a step back and sit back and, and kind of be like, wow, I, I really appreciate uh, where I've gotten to. But I am really humbled to be where I am. You know, I, I, I never thought that I would ever make it this far, but you know, I just keep thinking day in and day out what can I what can I do what can I provide to the organization in terms of value to make us the best possible uh, franchise on the planet and continue to win games year in and year out yeah and uh, now as now as a Red Sox affiliate I try to root against you as much as possible but uh, so take me through not a day-to-day -day because your day-to-day -day is different but like what do you what so arbitration season's coming yeah. up right 
what's your role in the arbitration? Not to give any team secrets, but like, what what do you do as part of the arbitration season with the players? What's your what's your tasks? Yeah, I mean, so the club and and the player and the agent are, are trying to settle, you know, the, their contract status for for the next year. Yeah. They're they're under team control for six years. Most um, are making, you know. A, uh, major league minimum or, or slightly above that for the first two or three years there's other scenarios but those last couple years um, you're, you're trying to settle a contract based on old player comps and things like that most of those most of the time th- those things get settled um, you know um, outside of an arbitration hearing but sometimes the club and the and the player or the agent can't agree on what that player should be worth the next year and Sometimes it goes to arbitration, um, and and so my my job or my role on that is to provide the materials for our our, our team, our organization, our assistant GMs, our our, yeah. our GM Brian Cashman, to make the the best representation of you know what this player should be paid the next year, and uh, just putting together a lot of the player comps, like the background. You're trying to get comp uh, comps, so like if you're looking for a, a corner outfielder uh, similar, similarly, that, that exactly. performs similarly throughout the, and exactly. say like they get paid $10 million, then here's all the different comps. So that's kind of your role in that? Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, just, just going through the whole baseball calendar, January's, you know, arbitration season it's also prepping for spring training making yeah, right. sure our coaches are set up our players uh, you know can get in the country if, if they're an international player they often need a, a visa to, to get in and play um, in the country for the, the whole year spring training comes around it's a busy time 45-ish days in Tampa Florida we move our whole operation from New York down there make sure that everyone is on and you board stay down there the whole time right stay down in, in, in spring training in, in Florida to make sure everything's done we go through you know the roster we're playing games we're we're making sure that we're, we're bringing the best club forward up to New York around April 1st you know season comes around there's the day-to-day of making sure the team is is good to go if we're making roster moves guy gets called up guy gets sent down we need a fresh arm all those type of things happen trade deadline in July we start to prep for the postseason and then it's all this over again the offseason free agency trades budgets winter meetings talking with vendors you know uh, the, the whole gamut it's the calendar is very similar year in and year out, but the yeah. puzzle pieces are a little bit different. You're dealing with different players, sometimes different coaches, you know. So that's the fun part of it is you have a lot of the same tasks, but the, the, the puzzle pieces of them are different each and every year. The people that you interact with on a daily basis, is it more your front office colleagues? Is it the coaching staff? Is it agents? Is it players? Who do you deal with mostly on kind of a day-to-day basis? Um, I, I would say a, a lot of our front office folks, but a, a lot of the coaches as well. So. Um, you know, we we've got a a great diverse group in our in our front office from uh, obviously Brian Cashman and, and then down to Gene Ackerman who's our assistant GM and Mike yeah. Fishman our, our assistant GM. Our, our director of quantitative analysis is David Grabner who's incredibly intelligent. We've got um, Dan Geis and Matt Daly who are our directors of pro scouting, also very smart folks, but just came off the field a couple years ago from right. playing and are now heading up our scouting efforts. Um, so we've we've got a, a really uh, collaborative group. Um, trying to put together, you know, the best team and, and, and make sure that fans are happy year in and year out. But also, you know, interacting with the coaches, Aaron Boone and his staff, helping um, those guys, providing the tools, resources, um, all the information that they need to help players get better, to help make good in-game decisions, uh, and to make sure that they, they can get through the, the grind of the baseball season. We can win as many games as possible, and hopefully we can take our shot in, in October uh, during the postseason and try to pull down that next World Series. I uh, thoroughly root against that now. You know, when I was with Scranton, I was rooting for it. But now as a Yan- as a Red Sox affiliate and uh, 
Uh, I, I really hope that you don't ever win a World Series ever again, Matt. But uh, all well, in good fun. All in good fun. Well, we can ad- agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, one of the things that I feel like has changed a lot in your world is the use of uh, analytics, right, mm-hmm. and spin rates and, you know, launch angle and all that good stuff. It Does that seems to me that the best kind of organizations and correct me where I'm wrong take some of that and some of like what a player looks like and kind of what's going on and melds the two together do you think that's the best way to have the information and kind of use a little gut or is like just use the information man who cares about the gut yeah not to to reveal any no no not to reveal any no trade secrets no cheat but but I'll just say this it's all it's all information it's all information to help you make better decisions so generally speaking I'll take more information than less information every day of the week Um, whether that's a scouting report whether that's makeup whether that's analytical data performance data whatever it is um, we'll take that information figure out what we think is valuable put a you know a weight to it something like that and make hopefully what is the best decision for our organization you know are we going to get every decision right no but we try to operate it as best we can and make good decisions i think it served us really well especially for the last decade um, we do have one of the largest analytical um, departments in in baseball but we also have one of our one of the largest scouting contingents in baseball as well we value it all our, from our ownership down and, and i think hal steinbrenner did an interview recently on the s network saying you know he values all of it he wants all the information he wants the scouting reports right. he wants the analytical information um, because it, it does it serves us really well having more information to, to sift through to make sure that We've, we know what these players are, hopefully, and, and what we can we can do to either improve them or, or maintain their level of performance. It's uh, it's crazy to me how just how much that has changed over um, over the course of time, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, nah, I don't. I, he's got an ugly girlfriend, so he can't be a very good player. It's like, no, I don't think that has anything <laughs> to do with anything. But uh, it's totally changed. Um, uh, what's what's going on in baseball, and uh, I think it's for the better, right? I, I my opinion is I like uh, I like more information. I like uh, seeing those types of changes in the game and how uh, the analytical side of the game, from a baseball perspective, in my world in sales, more information is better. I want to know what's going on right. uh, in in detail. I think that's extremely important. A hundred percent. And if let's just say you're trying to make an, an investment or, or you're trying to make a big life decision, you want all the facts, you want all right. the information. Right. I think that that's applicable in so many walks of life. But, you know, baseball is the same way. I'll, I'll take as much information as I can. And I think players want to know because they want to be really damn good. Um, you Amen. Know, they want to be the best that they possibly I, can be. I feel like the players that, uh, in uh, Major League Baseball, uh, too, are like, you need to help the. They ask for coaches like, "How can you make me better?" Right? Is I think that players then uh, are just like, they're at such a high level. It's like you got to take me to the next one because the even the twenty fifth man on the on the roster is still one of the greatest athletes of in the world, right? Absolutely. But how do you make it to the next level? And I think sure. all of this information, all the analytics side, makes it um, so much. Uh, it's it, it makes the game better. A hundred percent agree, and and you talked about spin rates. When when TrackMan first started coming out, which does a lot of the spin rates movement, um, it tracks a a number of different variables. Um, You know, coaches were curious what it was, or scouts were curious what it was, and you know, I tried to explain it to them like, 
it's the same thing that you guys are seeing. Like you're seeing ride or hop to a fastball, but now we can just put a number to it. We're confirming what your eyes are seeing, but now we can just quantify it a little bit. And that's, I think, in the simplest form, it's just confirming what your eyes are seeing a lot of the time. Or if it doesn't match up, let's talk about it and, and figure out what, what's going on underneath the hood. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're right. The more information, the better. So we are here live at the winter meetings, and um, there's a million of these future sports executives, baseball executives, that want to do what Matt Ferry does for a living. If you were to give them some words of advice, right, they're just all trying to get their start. What would Matt Ferry's words of advice, words of wisdom be? Yeah, I, I talked on, on the panel a little bit about this yesterday. You know, l- let's just start on the resume. The resume, you can, you can format in, in a, a number of different ways. But what, what I want to know is, you know, does your resume tell a story? Can I understand what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve? You know, you might not have the, the exact experience or the exact opportunity that you, you wanted in your past, but are the skills transferable uh, to the job that you're trying to get to? But at the end of the day, like, show me that you're, you're trying to achieve something what you're what you're trying to get to um and then when you get in an interview room the resume i kind of slide that to the side i know what your experience is maybe we vetted you through questionnaires or other other avenues to kind of know you know how you think or how you problem solve but once you get in the interview room it's more telling me about you like how are you going to fit our organization i said this a couple times how do you provide value you know obviously we're here to to teach you um you know entry level or internships or we, we have associates in new york but um, you know, I think it's very much a two-way street where, you know, you're providing value to us. You know, we have tasks that need to be completed, but at the same time, we can give you some of that baseball education because this is hopefully where you want to be uh, in your long-term future and, and career. And I think, too, the uh, one of the things that you said earlier, too, is like, listen, right? Listen when you if you're able to be the fly in the wild. I don't think that people need to come in there and, like, dominate the conversation because they look how good I am. No, you, sure. Easy, buddy. Sure. Easy. It's just uh, chill. The other thing, am I, am I give the uh, am I right? Should I tell people like, hey, if you want to go do baseball operations, go do baseball operations? I say, hey, man, just get your foot in the door when you say go do a corporate sales job. It seem and and then you went to go make something else. Is it just kind of everybody's a little bit different? Does that make sense? I think I think everyone is a little bit different. It's, there's no cookie cutter way to break into the industry. Um, you know, what I would say is try to get experiences that are, are closely going to resemble what you're trying to do. The closer that you can do that, the better. So if it was a sales job versus a, a baseball ops job, try to get something close to the baseball ops side. For me, that middle ground at the time was a, a video internship in player development. That was closer to the team side, the player side, than maybe a, a sales job. Yeah. Um, you know, but nowadays, with the amount of technology, with the amount of resources, we've talked about spin rate, but high-speed cameras, Rapsodo, all these different tools that are out there, they're becoming very popular. They're becoming um, really prominent in, in college organizations and college teams as well. So coaches are hungry for this information. Players are really hungry for this information. So there's there's a right now in the present day, there's there's a lot of value. If you know how to under, understand and utilize the tools to, to help players get better or improve performance and you can translate that information um you know there's there's a demand for you a little bit so so those type of avenues whether that was a video internship years ago um or or these type of opportunities now there's there's ways for you to break into the game if you know information and can educate people on it i also think too what you did is like i went out did my own scouting reports then came back and asked for feedback 
like we talk a lot about separating yourself. How do you make Matt Ferry separate themselves against a guy like Rob Crane, right? Like you went out and did your own scouting reports. You put your own extra effort into that. And I think people, no matter what avenue of life they're trying to go about, that extra effort is what really uh, separates uh, separates individuals. And I think when you did that, just incredible. Not everybody does that. And, and that's what I, I've struggled with with um you know, young professionals that, that reach out to me sometimes. It, you know, I can't get to everybody and, and talk to everybody, but, you know, sometimes I get a, a college senior and saying, hey, I want to work in baseball, or I want to work in sports. And I said, all right, let me see your resume. And, and there's really not much experience on it. Yeah, I, right. said, I said, um, you know, well, what have you been doing? Well, well, I'm going to be doing it when I'm done with college. Like, no, you, you can't wait. You've you got to you got to make your own breaks very much so. And it kind of goes back to, you know, we haven't hit on it yet, but Springfield College, um, uh, one of my professors, Professor Corsi, uh, had a the class. Man. The man. The legend. <laughs> right. um, but my first semester, uh, I think it was Intro to Sport Management, basically brought in a guest speaker from the Mass Mutual Center, which is the local, you know, hockey arena, and they have other events. But basically, uh, this individual talked about his experiences and said, hey, I got involved early in college with different internships or trying to work in sports, and I filled out my resume after four years. And that still kind of speaks to me today. Like I try Totally to, agree, totally agree. I, I try to encourage freshmen, like, get involved now. Like, if, if you're past your, your first semester and you haven't done anything yet, you're behind, you know? And I try to be honest with folks of, like, if you want to work in this industry, you, you, you've got to gain experience. You've got to be able to show a future employer like here's what I've been doing here here's how I can help you and, and here's the skill sets that I have that, that I can help you you get there we uh, so you did a great job of that I totally effed that up when I was in college I didn't do a damn thing and it bit me in the ass I believe uh, when uh, I was trying to go do something like later it's like oh wait yeah, all these people have way more yeah. uh, uh, experience than I do, and uh, they had a four-year college degree, too. So I can't uh, reiterate that point enough. You haven't started in your freshman year. You're already behind. So, like, get your ass in gear and go, and go do something. Go find uh, the experience that you're trying to go do, whether you're selling popcorn or whether you're, sure. um, I don't know, just go do something. Just don't do nothing. Nothing's I mean, yeah. not the option. I, I've, I've thrown on the, the mascot uniform yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and done some of that. And, <laughs> what but, mascot were you? Um, it was, it's now the the debunked uh, NBA, it's not even the G League, because it was the D League team, um, you know, the Springfield Armor. Oh, right. But, uh, so I, I threw on the like, kind of tin can and did that a little bit, but uh, didn't have to do it too much. But you, The you Yankees know, don't have a mascot, so you don't have to worry about doing no that mascot, again, right? No mascot, but... Uh, <laughs> No, I mean it was just it was just getting really good experience, and yeah. and if you if you do a lot of that early on in your career, hopefully you can enjoy what you what you ultimately will do. And honestly, I I don't feel like I, I work a day in my life. You know, yeah. I, I enjoy what I do. I put in a lot of long hours and and things like that. But I thoroughly enjoy waking up every day and going to work and trying to solve problems and trying to you know make our our franchise our organization the best it can possibly be. Yeah, and. Uh Yankees were, you're doing something right because uh, Yankees have been great recently. They've been exceptional, which has been, I will say this, when the Yankees and Red Sox are both very good, it makes baseball so much better. It, it, it does make baseball. It's, it's, it's the classic that, rivalry. That's the greatest rivalry of all time. But, you know, the credit goes there to, to Brian Cashman. Of course. You know, my boss and, and my, uh, you know, um, you know. Cashman's one of the greatest guys of all time. He's great. And, uh, He's a great boss. Uh, 
and I not only from the story that I've told on the podcast about him telling me and my wife we were going to get married, but um, I remember when in uh, in Scranton when uh, I left the team and I sent an email out to the Yankees organization to say, hey, I had a good time, thanks for everything. As soon as I hit send, six seconds later, my cell phone rings, and it was Bryant. And he just wanted to say, hey, man, I just want to appreciate working with you and all that good stuff. And literally six seconds uh, after that, and he's just first class of first class and uh, one of the great guys of, uh, of all time. He, he's an awesome boss. He, he lets you do your job. He allows you to be creative. You can provide suggestions of how to improve. But there's a reason why he's the longest, one of the longest tenured GMs in, in all of sports. And also, he hasn't had a losing season ever uh, since he's been GM. It's like incredible. In, in modern day sports, that's, that's that doesn't happen. It's unheard of. Um, especially in, in the, the largest media market in, in the United States. So, you know, our, our success uh, really starts with cash, but also ownership. You know, Hal Steinbrenner and his family, like, they provide us with a lot of tools, a lot of resources to, to be innovative, to be progressive, to make sure that we're providing players with everything they possibly can use and, and have to, to be the best version of themselves. So it really starts with them, and it allows us to you know, do our jobs better each and every day. And, and then obviously the, the, the on-field success really helps too. Yeah, right. And, you know, with the uh, Yankees are always committed to winning and they'll put all the resources there to uh, to make that happen. they got great guys like you working for them and, uh, and, and checking everything out. So um, what you're doing, Matt, is just unbelievable. I know that there's probably, there's a lot of people that are proud of what you're, what you're doing. And uh, I can't, I'm uh, so glad we were able to connect, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Feels like forever ago. Um, about uh, about uh, you know what you're doing, it just is uh, inspiring to a lot of people. And uh, I hope you inspired some job seekers yesterday. And uh, I really appreciate you uh, being on the podcast. We're gonna get this thing out soon. Huh. And uh, uh, thanks so much. I really really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rob. Ah, oh, you're the best.